there is nothing wrong with wearing a mask. And there is nothing wrong with noting that healthy people don't necessarily have to wear a mask. Two things can be true at the same time. The argument then comes back that the reason healthy people should wear masks is that they could be asymptomatic because we're not really sure about everything with coronavirus and how everything moves, etc. So you wear a mask to ensure that other people who are asymptomatic don't affect you and that you, if you're asymptomatic, you don't affect other people. Oh, okay. But I still don't wear a mask. Well, I don't think you should be forced to. I don't think cities should be allowed to force you to. But there's something very unique going on in the mask conversation. And that has to do with whether or not there's, well, for lack of a better word, a movement afoot to move President Trump into a new line of thinking or line of speaking. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter and Instagram. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. Ed Morrissey joins us right now from hotair.com, part of the Town Hall family, also host of the Ed Morrissey Show, M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y. He's also the author of the book Going Red, one of the great books about how ground-level politics and local politics change national elections. You should check it out for yourself. Going Red, available on Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. And you've got the article. Uh, you're talking about Sean Hannity, wear the masks, people, they work. Now, before anything, is the mask insanity insane, or is there a reason the American public has a lot of reservations about whether a mask does a dang thing? Well, Tony, it's great to be on with you. Um, I, I actually think that there's a cultural issue here, which is that you know we're an open society and people don't like masks in an open society. You know, masks actually have been used for, you know, 20 years, I think, at least in uh, in Asian countries with, you know, the H1N1 came out, the SARS came out. Um, and it, it, culturally over there, the masks have been fairly well adopted. And people use them even when, when there aren't outbreaks simply because they don't want to get anybody else's bugs. But here in the U.S., I mean, there's it, it, masks are associated with lawlessness masks are associated with you know um with uh you know criminality and and i don't think that people like the idea that they're engaging with people in the public square uh who, whose faces can't be seen and so i think that there's a uh, there's a resistance here that that really cuts beyond politics it just to maybe even just human nature um so i, I kind of understand some of the resistance to this, but I mean, it does appear that you know, masks at least reduce the transmission rate, um, the effective transmission rate. And masks would reduce the effective transmi- transition transmission rate of of near anything. I don't disagree right. with you. I, I I very much agree. But I I always make the argument that as we talk about, for example, Asian cultures, it's about cultural adoption, and that doesn't come overnight. What right. we are going to see post coronavirus is going to be pretty interesting in terms of what people do and how people work. Are we going to see more working from home over the long term of the next five, ten years, or is this just the next six months and it's novelty? So these things culturally do take a long time to develop. But you noted that if Hannity is having this conversation, perhaps there is a movement afoot that is political and not necessarily cultural. 
Yeah, no, I think that that's, I, I think that what you're seeing here is, is you've got the politics wrapped up in the culture. And I think what's even more so is you've got partisan politics wrapped up with the, with the cultural resistance to this, too. And so you have, you know, really widely ranging adoption practices depending on partisan affiliation, which to me is just strange. I mean, I get the cultural part. I'm not sure why this became such a partisan issue. Um, but I think it's, it was an interesting moment to have Sean Hannity go on there and say, hey, look, the masks work, to have, you know, uh, Steve Ducey the next morning on the same, you know, network saying, you know, MAGA should stand for masks are great again. And um, it seems to me like there's there's at least some recognition that maybe this shouldn't be partisan and maybe it's something that uh, we should be discussing outside of the partisan issue. Talking to Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. This whole idea of partisanship, you know, I, for lack of a better word, lament the idea that we've taken coronavirus and we've made it as political as humanly possible as opposed to dealing with a virus. Right. And one of the great pieces of video you will see came from, I think it was yesterday's hearing, it was that HELP committee hearing, right, health, education, uh, pensions, uh, that Senate committee, and Fauci is testifying, Dr. Redfield is testifying, Dr. Hahn is testifying, Admiral Giroir is testifying, and at one moment they take a break, and, and during the break all you see is Dr. Anthony Fauci half take his mask off. The break is yeah. happening, the cameras aren't on, the mask comes off. And that's the way America feels, that here is this, the, the, the government experts who told us that masks were no big deal, then they told us to wear masks, and now even they, when the camera is off, like watching a CNN reporter there in the White House briefing room, the cameras go off, the masks go off. How are we supposed to take anybody seriously? That is all part and parcel of the politics uh, that that we're seeing, and as you see, and if you're looking at it as an observer, whether you lament it or not, someone has to ask: Is there a political thing that happens here that leads to a result or a change in 2020? Has the mask conversation made its way into the presidential election enough that it could be a factor in some ways? Well, I think. I want to hit both of your points here because they're, they're they're just really great points. Uh, the first off is that hypocrisy thing. You know, when the cameras are off, you take off the mask. I mean, that that is a devastating <laughs> undermining of the argument he just he just made. Now you can argue, well, you know, there was somebody within six feet of him, and that's the reason why he did it. Um, okay, well, there was nobody within six feet of him while he was testifying either. So clearly, this is sort of a pose for the cameras. You know, um, and and this was the problem with the CDC and the NIAID right off the bat is that it wasn't just that they were saying, well, don't wear masks. They were saying that masks are completely ineffective and there's no point in wearing masks. And the reason why they did it, Tony, was because they were trying to use this, what people have called a noble lie, uh, in order to protect the mask supply so that they get most of the masks to, you know, the, the health care workers and the first responders. That's all fine and good. And I think if they had just said, hey, don't buy masks quite yet. You're going to be in your house for a while anyway. We need to get these masks to these other people. We're going to tell you how to make masks down the road that, that you can use when you're, when you're finally back out and about. I think people would have said, okay, fine. But they flat out were campaigning against the use of masks and then turned on a dime and said, nobody should go outside of the house without a mask. I mean, it's it, it, you couldn't write a script to undermine your own credibility better than what the, what the uh, health care 
experts did in this country in regards to mask wearing. And it's no small wonder then when you get to that, that people look at this and say, uh, these people don't know what they're doing or, well, they're so inconsistent on this that they must have some sort of deeper strategy in doing all this and then start, you know, imputing all sorts of conspiracy theories about what's going on when incompetence probably explains much, if not all of it. Um, and so then you do get it into the presidential election, right? Because you have the whole deep state issue, you know, with, with Donald Trump supporters. They're, 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 he's at war against the deep state, and they're starting to see this health care establishment as part of this deep state. Um, I don't know that that's really the case, but I do know that they didn't do themselves any good with, the, um, with their issues on masks, with their issues on lockdowns, and especially with their issues on masks and lockdowns in relation to the three weeks of rioting and protests that we've had where they were encouraging people to go out and do those things. You know, um, I, I'm one of those people who looks at how Dr. Fauci has acted and say, yeah, I, I can't bring myself to trust in anything uh, that, that he says. And I know that I'm not alone. And, and I say this might be the first time I've ever said this on radio and ever used this as an example. I know that it's true because my wife said it to me, meaning that <laughs> that's just not her style or her way. And when you hear from people who normally don't engage in, in that you know, style of the politics. You don't know my wife at all. She's a lovely woman. Trust me on that one. When it's like, how do you believe these people? Why would I ever have faith in him? Everything we see from Dr. Fauci seems to be want to be on every side of the subject. Even today, it was how about, you know, yesterday he's saying at this at this event, at this uh, Senate hearing, that we've mismanaged and we're doing very poorly on coronavirus. And then today it's about how we need to get kids back into schools. No one knows what to believe. And when no one knows what to believe, there's they're looking to elected leadership to figure it out. So if you're making the, the, the bet uh, there, uh, Ed Morrissey, you're making the bet, does that moment of confusion help Donald Trump more or does it help Joe Biden more? Well, I think it helps Donald Trump because it's a, it's a whole thing about not trusting the establishment, which, was, which is Donald Trump's brand. And, um, and and so there's subsets to this, of course, because the people probably most likely to be wearing masks are seniors and might be the most pe- people with most resentment that other people aren't. And seniors are also Donald Trump's base, so there's some issues there as well. But, I mean, I, I, overall, in the way that you frame this, Tony, I think that that issue helps Donald Trump most of all because uh, people don't trust experts any longer. And these, what we've seen over the last few weeks are a good example why. Before I let you go, Ed Morrissey, hotair.com, the book going red. You should read that, amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. You, of course, part of the reporting about the breakup of the Chaz Chop in Seattle. And I have now seen multiple reports, including yours, about while police are breaking up this area, uh, there are vehicles circling police that seem to be almost up-armored vehicles with armed people inside. Do we know the, the, the latest there? Well, what I've seen from reporting in Seattle is that the Seattle police are the ones that are saying this, right, and that they are trying to investigate this. We had reports of the same thing here in Minneapolis, and they actually arrested at least a couple of people who were driving around in plateless cars and who were armed and had implements of one of, at least one of which um, were the occupants were armed and had implements that were, you know, uh, used in rioting. So um, I'd say that this is part of the playbook 
it's likely to be part of a playbook that we've seen here in the Twin Cities in those riots. So it's something that they have to be very careful about and make sure it doesn't escape to other parts of the city where they might start to try this all over again. Does Minneapolis have any calming down in sight? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty calm actually here. Uh, you know, the trial is is or, you know the process for the trial is uh, proceeding apace, and uh, it's been fairly calm. It's been it's been fairly measured here. Uh, the city council is still determined to defund and dismantle the police department, but I think they're going to run into a real buzzsaw when this goes to a referendum in in uh, in the next election. The, this the city is not going to support that. That's Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com. Check him out there on Twitter, Ed Morrissey. Ed, always a pleasure. I'm Tony Katz.